Good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. It's good to be back. As many of you know, we were gone in Mexico for this week, and we're going to talk about that this morning uh, to some extent. Open your Bibles to the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3. It's way in the back of the Old Testament. It's right before Zechariah, and you're saying, yeah, that's a lot of help. Uh, if you go to Matthew, just turn left a few books, and you'll find it. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and by the time they get it to you, we'll be through. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to be looking at Zephaniah chapter 3, starting at verse 12. And the Lord is speaking and says, But I will leave within you the meek and humble who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will speak no lies, nor will deceit be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. This passage is speaking possibly of two events, very likely that case. One is when the Messiah, it's very messianic in its presentation, very similar to Isaiah 53, where Isaiah talks about the Christ who was to come. And this is very similar even in the phrasing to that. And it's also possibly referring to when the Lord himself returns. And it's not uncommon for scriptures to have a dual fulfillment in this way. And as I was thinking about what took place in Mexico with us and, and thinking about how the Lord works within our lives and among his people, this passage came to mind and I was mindful of what a, a great thing God has done for us. While we were in Mexico, we went through the book of Galatians, all the pastors who were there, with the group that was there. We had over 200 people that were the part of the conference, probably more counting the children. Pastors from all over the region, some had traveled five hours to get to the conference and stayed there for the whole week. There is one pastor who came, and I'm not sure how far he traveled. His name is Pastor Quencho. He's crippled in both legs. He has to get about on a little scooter. And he just kind of hangs his legs over, and he has to move them with his hands. And there's steps up to the building, and he needs help getting up the steps. And he would travel and get rides with people, but he made it to the conference and was there. And you look at this pastor and you think, oh, you know, this poor guy, his condition. This pastor is responsible for overseeing 10 churches in his area. And I wonder, 
how we would be. You know, we, we, we come across a difficulty, a hardship in our lives, and it paralyzes us. And here he is paralyzed, and yet he is overseeing ten churches. And I was just amazed when I heard that. And he's wanting us to actually do a conference in his region with those ten churches that he oversees. And he was talking to Bill about that. And here is a man who in the world's eyes would be paralyzed, but in God's eyes, he's powerful. And as I looked at this passage and was thinking about it, and I love how it says, I will leave within you the meek and humble who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will speak no lies, nor will deceit be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down and no one will make them afraid. And I was mindful that those who actually have faith are the true Israel. We've seen that in the book of Romans, and next week we'll be continuing in the book of Romans. But we saw how not all who say they are Israel are really Israel, but those who have faith in the Messiah, that is the true remnant of Israel, those who believe in the promise that was given to Abraham, which was before the law was ever given. That is Israel, Paul tells us, and that is the true remnant. And one of the things about the remnant is they are meek and they are humble. And I was surrounded by many meek and humble men who desired to receive from the Lord, who were there hungry. And I was tripping out just now as I was in back and we were worshiping because these people worshipped. We had the Gutierrez brothers. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Muy talented people. <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm bilingual now, huh? <laughs> see? Very talented man. Gifted. And as they were sharing and worship and others led in worship as well, the place was just blasting. I was doing the sound and I was off to the side and you know, you're listening to hear what you can through the PA system and there were times I couldn't hear much of anything because people were singing so loudly. I'm not sure what they were singing because it was Spanish. But I know it was the Lord. Every now and then I would hear something. Ah, I know that word, you know. Jesus, yes, I know that. It was powerful. And as we were singing here this morning, I'm just thinking of the remnant that God has, those who are humble, those who are meek, that are all over the world. His church that doesn't go around just with pomp and prestige but are changing the lives of those in remote areas, those who the world has forgotten, God hasn't forgotten. One of the reasons we are in Vizcayeno is because Bill Walden, pastor up in Napa, Cornerstone Fellowship in Napa, he went down to Rosarito. And Victor, who's there at La Posada in Rosarito, he said, hey, man, you need to come with me. And we need to go check out this place. And Bill says, 
what place? He goes, oh, it's Vizcaino. He goes, where is it? He goes, come with me, I'll show you. Bill says, okay. Jumps in the truck and drives for five, ten hours down, you know. <laughs> You're going to show me. Oh, my gosh, this is in the middle of nowhere. And there in this place he goes, and Victor takes him to all these different churches, and he goes and he meets with this different pastors that are there, and he meets this one lady, and she says, well, no one comes down here. Our government has forgotten us. The churches have forgotten us. We are the forgotten people. And that just resonated in Bill. There are no forgotten people. And he went and talked to this one pastor, and the pastor saw that they were doing an outreach in his area, and on the the little flyer that they'd made that said, reaching the... the forgotten people. And that drew this pastor to come to the outreach. And he talked to Bill afterwards and he says, you won't be back. No one ever comes back. And Bill came back. And now he has a great relationship with these pastors, with many of these pastors. And one of the reasons we were there, as I shared before, is we were dedicating this building, which you're going to see. I've got a little uh, video thing that we're going to show in a little bit. But one of the things we did is you know, reach out to these pastors and show them that you are not forgotten, that God has a remnant all over the world. And even though you are in the middle of the Baja Peninsula from the northern part to the southern part, and you are in central from the Pacific Ocean to the Sea of Cortez, so you're like, in, if there is a nowhere, you are there. Even though you are there, God is doing a work. And we had over 200 men and women there to receive from the Lord in the middle of nowhere, God's remnant to humble the meek, that God is working in and working through. Pastors from Baptists, from Pentecostal, from all denominations coming there together. What a trip it was. I mean, it was a trip. It's a beautiful thing. We had a time of communion at the end of our time together where all the pastors prayed for each other and prayed together. And you had the Pentecostals praying, and you could hear them, you know. They're going, oh, they're, they're going. And then you had others just hugging each other. You had people weeping, laboring together for the work that God is doing. And God was at work within these people. And when it says, sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, that, that's us. That's them. We are joining together with the choir that God has had. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your punishment and has turned back your enemy. Now that applies to us too. The enemy here spoken of is sin. And God has dealt with our sin. He's turned back our enemy and the punishment that we would naturally receive. God has dealt with it. And we have reason to rejoice. We have reason to hope. We have reason to to live. And that's why this pastor, Quencho, even though he's crippled and living in the middle of nowhere, has a drive to reach people with this message because he too has been redeemed. He too has been saved and bought back by God. He has had his sins forgiven. He has had his punishment taken away. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. God is with us. 
And what a powerful thing it is to know that God is with us. And we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. We've talked about what can we do knowing that God is with us? If he's for us, who can be against us? How Romans 8.28 is actually a verse that should set us, unleash us to go and do whatever and not fear. Not fear persecution, not fear trouble, not fear the things that might happen to us. I know some people were concerned, Mexico, you're going to Mexico. Don't you know what's happening in Mexico? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, just corruption in the government. There's harm. You could, guys, could be falling out. You could happen here in L.A., you know. I mean, it could happen anywhere. If God is for us, who can be against us? And as we were driving back, God had, de- had not only done a work in the pastors there, but I think he did a work in all of our hearts that went there. There were ten of us that went from Genesis as representative. I mean, Dean went with us. He's from Pasadena. He's our, our token, you know, kid from Pasadena, I guess. But anyway, Dean went with us also. But we went down there, and this community here, Genesis, provided all the food for the entire conference. You guys did that. We did that. We helped serve and take care of that need with food. I mean, we had help from the people with Napa and other ministries that were there, even in Vizcayano. It was great working together. John did an incredible job setting up the menu. I mean, think, how would you feel cooking for 200 people? I get anxiety just thinking about it. And John stepped in there, and then they had Mark, another gentleman from uh, Napa, came in when John had to leave, and they did an incredible job. The food was great. And they complimented us on the food and how great it was. And we took a gentleman, Marvin, down there with us, and he did interpretation for us and many of the pastors. He wasn't sure he was going to go or not, but it's a good thing he went. We needed him for interpretation. And God did a work in his heart as well. And on the way back, we were driving back, and he and Alex are telling us, oh, yeah, there's a place over here, you know, there's a... a orphanage over here and, you know, Santa Dalla, blah, blah, you know, and there's another place over here. And I mean, they're talking about all these different ministries that they have gone and, oh yeah, we went there and they're talking about how they had met before and just the interaction that they had with these people. And as they, as we were driving up, back up, you know, that 12 hour drive heading back north and we're going through and, you know, to me, okay, this town looks the same as that town. It looks the same as that town. You know, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing. And they're, oh, no, there's a great place over here. And we stopped at this great place and got some great food. It's like I would have passed it, but they knew where it was. And so I'm, I'm glad that we were with them. And as we were driving back, I was thinking of the young adults. And I thought, I, I want to do this. I want to have a retreat, but it's not going to be called a retreat. It's going to be called advance. And instead of going away to the mountains and, you know, having a cabin and snow and having beautiful scenery, we're going to go down into Mexico, to Baja, probably about three hours down. I forget. There's a couple of places they mention. And what we're going to do is go there on a Friday and kind of hang out, get to know each other and talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing. And then on Saturday, we're going to go to an orphanage and minister to some of the kids that are there in that community, in that orphanage. And then we're going to put on a concert at one of the uh, spaces that they have there, one of the fields that are there that they 
call a park. It's pretty much just a dirt soccer field. And we're going to get Obi. His name's Obe something or other. He's from Tijuana, Mexico, who was there at the conference. A neat young man who has got a hip-hop band. Uh, that was a trip. He did, a couple, he did one of his, actually, I think he did two of his songs. Um, and it pretty freaked out all the pastors down there, um, or a lot of them. You know, he's sitting there and he's going, don't go, you know, he's sitting there doing this and they're all like, you know, standing there. <laughs> but it was great because then Bill went up afterwards and said, you know, if you want to reach the young people, you need to speak their language. He speaks their language. And he's available to come down here and minister. And it was, when he started playing and the music started playing, all the kids who were outside in the patio area, they all came to the door. It was like the Pied Piper. It was like a magnet. They were all, what's going on? You know, they're all sitting there looking at And there's Obi, you know, he's sitting there doing and he's talking and he's rapping and he's, you know, doing his thing. And I think a light bulb went off on a lot of those pastors' heads and said, you know what? This is true. Some of them probably said, no, we don't you know, play that devil music or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but we do. Uh, no. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and it's not devil music. Okay, you know what I mean. But I want to take Obi down there to, and do a concert there at the park where we'll help put on the concert and we'll have to arrange the PA and we'll minister to that community. And then Sunday we'll go back and we'll have a time where we'll actually get into the scripture and talk about what's happened and share and then we'll come home Sunday night and that will be our young adults retreat where we advance the kingdom of God where we don't go away and say God speak to me we go forward and say God use me because when you step forward God uses you and he also speaks to you Something I learned years ago through Pastor Xavier Reese. It's easier to steer a car when it's moving. It's easier for God to direct our lives when we are moving forward. And so when we start advancing, God is able to turn and direct us and able to speak to us more clearly than when we just sit back and sit still. There are times when we need to do that, but there's times when we need to move forward. And so I'm just sharing with you guys what's in my head. <laughs> that could be scary, I know. But this is something that I want to do. Because whether we recognize it or not, God has a remnant of people that are doing his work. Unbeknownst to the world, they never make it on CNN or Fox so you can be you know, balanced, you know, get both sides. They're not known by most people, but they're known by God. And he is using them and at work within them, and that's us. Again, I can't tell you how blessed I am by this community that was able to minister in the middle of nowhere. And I just want you to be aware of this because the offerings that we receive in the box and those who gave towards that work ministered to all those pastors, fed all those pastors. I don't know how many of them came up to us afterward and just said, thank you so much, this was great. I, I sat down with one pastor and talked with him. Marvin was translating with me because I only know two words now. And he, he was speaking 
And he said, I'm, I'm having a hard time. And he was further down in Loreto, which is way down past Vizcaino, a few hours down. He says, I belong to this denomination, and they keep telling me I have to do more, that I'm not doing enough, that I need to work harder to get more people to come to the church. And they want me to go to their conferences, and they want me to pay for their conferences, but I don't have the money to pay for their conferences, but they don't care. They just tell me I'm not doing enough, and they just keep pushing me, and just, just like this taskmaster, just whipping this guy in the back, telling him to serve more, to do more, to do more, and then he starts crying. And he says, I come here, and you guys treat me like a king. You feed me, you teach me, you love me, you ask me questions, you care for me. And I'm at this crossroads where I'm wondering what to do, and I got to minister to this young man and encourage him to follow Jesus. Don't worry about your denomination. You follow Jesus. And I didn't tell him leave. I just said, you follow Jesus where God puts on your heart and what God tells you to do. You do. God is with you. You are part of that remnant he has. And he's going to work in your life. You continue to befriend the people in that community and be Jesus to them. Just like we are trying to be to you and it will impact the community. And to be able to minister to people like that who are just there, just overwhelmed with the goodness we're showing to them. It was powerful. And how God was working through all the group that was there. I, I was kind of glued to the soundboard, which was good because all I could do was smile and look stupid. You know? Hola, you know? <laughs> I learned... Dios ben, I forgot it already, you know, God bless you, you know, in Spanish, you know. And I did get to, to teach, you know, two of the studies in Galatians, chapter 3 and chapter 5, and it was a blessing to be able to communicate the gospel with them, and, and to, you know, they actually understood. I thought you had to really be, you know, degenerated like you guys to understand me, but, you know, your sense of humor is to my level. You know, I know, I just put you all down. Uh, it's usually not a good thing. Uh, we'll see what the attendance is next week, but, you know, they, they were laughing and communicating, and again, afterwards, they came up and said that they were touched by God through all the speakers, through all the servants. While I was there at that soundboard in the corner, I'd be looking out and see, you know, our group working and hustling and going outside and preparing the food and doing these things and laughing and having a good time together. And it was just rich. It was really rich because through all these things, God is at work. The invisible hand of God is working through us, and sometimes we're not even aware. We don't even recognize that He's working over. I love verse 17. It says, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I love the thought of God singing over us. The way I used to sing over my kids, God is just singing over us. And I could just see this invisible work of God taking place and manifesting itself in the lives of all those who went there and in our community. This past Thursday, a young man 
Some of you know him. His name was James Jennings. Grady Jennings' son passed away. He was 19 years old. And James had gone through a lot of infirmities. He had Down syndrome and he had a lot of physical ailments that he had to endure throughout his lifetime. And his mom, Joanne, passed away, I don't know how many years ago, five, six years ago maybe. And so Grady was taking care of James, who required a lot of attention. You know, every now and then, then James would just take off, and he'd be AWOL. And you know, Grady would freak out, where are you? And he'd have to call the police, and then they'd find him and bring him back, and he'd sit him down and goes, what are you, what are you thinking? What if, you know, what if I didn't come for you? Did you know how to get back? How, how would you get back? And he said, the police will bring me. You know. <laughs> He had a plan. <laughs> but Saturday, Grady took James to the hospital because he wasn't feeling good. He was in pain. And he said when he got James into the car, that James usually puts on the radio station, you know, he puts on the beat or something, and he starts doing hip-hop, that's his music, you know, and he cranks it up, and he, he usually gets in the car, and that's what he starts doing. Well, this time, he got in the car, and as he started flipping the station, it stopped at this Christian station, and it started playing How Great Thou Art, and James just locked into that station and started belting out this song. With all that he had in him, he's just singing How Great Thou Art through the whole song, and when the song's over, he looks at his dad, and he goes, Mama! And he thought of his mom. And, yeah, I know. And Grady looked at his son, and he knew right then that the Lord was going to take him home. And that the Lord was not only preparing Grady's heart, but he was preparing James' heart. And Thursday, James went home to be with the Lord. And Grady told me, he says, you know what? I don't have to worry now. My son has the two best caretakers there are in the world. They ha he has... Jesus and he has his mom and I don't have to worry about him for the rest of his life. God is at work, guys, in ways that we don't understand. How does God do something like that? Stop this kid with Down syndrome on the station that is going to be playing that song that he knows that connects him to his mom, that ministers to his heart, that ministers to Grady's heart. God is at work and he's inviting us to be a part of this work. He is singing over us. He desires to use us. And we need to be open to that. And, and the point this morning is, you know, to talk about Mexico, but more than to talk about Mexico, it's to talk about how God uses his people. That he has a remnant that he is using, those that are humble, those that are meek, those that have been redeemed, that the enemy has been taking care of our sins, have been forgiven, and we are moving forward with this good news, this message. And it's no longer about us and our, our problems and our situation and our circumstances. It's not about what paralyzes us because if God is for us, who can be against us? I can pretty much guarantee that most of the pastors that were there at the conference are living in circumstances way below any of us here. And they made the effort to be there to receive from God and benefited from it because they weren't paralyzed by their situation, but they were motivated with their passion for God.
And I pray we would be the same way. Keep in prayer Joanne Pomersky's husband, Jerry. He had hurt his leg and he couldn't feel his leg and she had to take him to the hospital. We'll find out how he's doing later. She usually brings the board and back where we're able to take care of some of the needs that are there. There is another family that is in need, uh, that is out of work, that I want to provide gift certificates for for the grocery store. I'm presenting this to you. If you bring those next week, we'll have that and be able to distribute that for the family so that they can get food. It's just a small way that we can step into the lives of some people and help them. It's, it's not about just giving money and it's not just about going to Mexico. It's about taking what we have and taking it to others who don't have it. It's about taking what God has given us freely and sharing it with those who have the need, whether in Mexico or whether in Upland or our community. It's about being of service to the God who saved us. It's about listening to his voice and going where he tells us to go and saying what he tells us to say and doing what he tells us to do and being obedient. There's a scripture in Samuel where it says, to obey is better than sacrifice. And I always thought that scripture is, you know, telling us to be obedient. Well, it is, but I always connected it to the law for some reason. And as I was going through Galatians in my study, this epiphany happened to me. The obedience was actually different than the sacrifice. The sacrifice was part of the law, but the obedience was the heart of God. And the obedience that he's talking about is you need to listen to what God says. And God had told Samuel not to bring anything back from the spoils and the battle that they had won. That was the obedience, was to hear the voice of God, not to offer sacrifice and say, well, this is what the law says. No, God told you don't, and you did. Maybe God's telling you to do, but you're not. It's better to obey, to hear God's voice, and to be obedient. It's better for your life. It's better for my life. It is the relationship he's called us to be in. I want to show the video now. We're going to set it up. Go ahead and hit the lights. You'll see some of the people and some of the things that um, I talked about. And then I'll have a few closing comments just at the end. Thank you for being a part of that work. And we will be doing trips like that where you can be a part again. You can go down or contribute um, however God puts on your heart. And not only that, like I said, we've got you know, the thing happening with the Wild Ventures in November. You can be a part of that, serving, uh, reaching the community in that way. So there's a lot of things we can do. But first, we just need to hear God. We need to hear his voice singing over us and directing us. We need to hear and obey. And, you know, let's get our eyes on him. Let's fix our eyes on the author, the finisher of our faith, and let's not be consumed with ourselves. And it's hard. And I know a lot of you are going through 
difficult things. I understand and I'm not without empathy and I understand those struggles and more importantly God understands those struggles. But the best thing to do to get out of that place is to get your mind in the right place and that's to be fixed on God. Again, thank you guys for being just so generous in your, your offerings and allowing us to be able to provide for that trip um, and just praying for us. We, we were blessed. We were really blessed. Let's pray. Father, I am grateful. I am thankful for the work you did down there in Mexico and the work you did in the hearts of your people those who went and even those who were a part of it here praying and supporting. Lord, we thank you for your just gracious hand. And Lord, I, I pray as we see the potential and the need that we wouldn't be overwhelmed and say it's too great, but we would look at it as a field ready to harvest. And Lord, all we need is laborers. I pray that we would step into that role and we would do the work of a laborer to, to serve you in, in whatever area and arena you would call us, that we would take that step. Thank you, God, for being faithful, for watching over us, for delivering us, for saving us. Thank you for giving us a hope that is eternal. Pray for Grady and his family, Lord, that you would be their strength and support as they deal with their loss. I lift up Jerry to you and pray you would touch and heal his leg. And, Lord, I lift up little Jaden to you, Lord, who has pneumonia in the hospital. And I thank you that it's not swine flu or meningitis, Lord, but I pray that you would touch and heal her body too. And, Lord, the other needs that are here, the families that are without work and losing their houses and uh, the things that they've grown so used to having, Lord. And it's a new chapter in their lives, Lord. I, I pray they would see and follow you in the middle of this. And you would prove yourself God and work this for the good in their life. Whatever that would be, we entrust to you. Thank you for being our God, for being our hope, for being our strength, for being a sure foundation beneath our feet. Lord, we do love you and ask your continued hand to be upon this community, Lord, and use us for your glory, I pray. Help us to have your heart and to reach out to those around us. And we do ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.